hello everyone and welcome to Perspectives. I'm Martina. I'm Lisette. Yes, and what is this, Lisette? Uh, the maybe third or fourth episode that we've done via via podcast now? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I think so, yeah. I was like, yeah, how many have we done? But anyway, for our fellow listeners, uh, welcome to our podcast where you can find us on Spotify and on iTunes. And this is our podcast slash video, which we are not doing today, but we are Perspectives. <clears throat> and so if you have been following us for like the last few episodes, whether it's been the podcast, but primarily via YouTube on our channel, we've been spending a lot of time talking about white supremacy and just how it has affected COVID police brutality, uh, our youth, the um, uh, trial with George Floyd. Um, we really have spent a lot of time and we're gonna continue this conversation with some of our upcoming episodes as well. But today we want to talk a little bit about white supremacy in the workplace. And <laughs> Lisette is smiling, y'all can't see it, but she's smiling because she's like, oh yeah. Um, like we all know it exists because the one thing we talk about on here is how white supremacy it's in everything. I think especially in the workplace. Most of us, probably the majority of the country has to work. So we all have probably had those run-ins and those experiences um, having to deal with the coworkers or dealing with the culture or the system itself at work. And so, yeah, I'm gonna kick it over to Lisette to get her input and then I'll follow back up with some things too. Hi everyone. Um, or maybe hi you because there's no groups listening to this. No, it's so, it's so like it's like different for us. We got to get used to this, you know. <laughs> Hello, listener. <laughs> Thank you for being with us. Um, this is us, y'all. We're just pretty silly, and we are. We really shoot the shit. I mean, what we have to say is important, but we shoot the shit a lot, yeah. which is why it's called perspective. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, we know it's some serious topics. And, and, and if you've been listening to, to us, you, you, we do get to that seriousness. But as Martina was mentioning, uh, a lot of our conversations have been around, around white supremacy and, and other things. But one of the things that her and I have been talking a lot more is about the workplace. I mean, we spend a lot of time. <laughs> the majority of our life, I think, is spent working. At work, at work, interacting with other people, yeah. um, uh, having bosses that we may or may not like, coworkers, so, yes. mm -hmm. coworkers that we may or may not like, and it was one of those things where, like, I, I think I told one to like, I never really thought about white supremacist culture in the workplace until probably recently. Yeah, I will say that too, because I mean, kind of going back to what we say, white supremacy is in everything, but there are some areas that we, we know we can easily tap into and talk about because it's so blatant. But the workplace, you know, it's, it's like subtle stuff that can happen in the workplace. A lot of microaggressions and things of that nature that can be presented differently and not so blatant, uh, but it's definitely there. It's definitely, so, uh, I mean, because our, our workforce, our system, uh, is built on capitalism, which is built on white supremacy. So it's all interlocked together. Yeah, and I think that's what kind of led us to to today to this to this uh, conversation because uh, as we've embarked on this sort of 
journey of looking at the social constructs that exist around uh, race and and the culture that we're in, and we really look into capitalism. And you know, and uh, if you've watched some of our other, listened to some of the other episodes, you've heard me talk about the book Cast. Um, and I remember one of the conversations I had uh, around it was how does the caste system show up at the workplace? Mm -hmm. uh, and I, you know, and, and there's obviously there's that hierarchy of like, you have your senior leadership and you have those that are at the C-suite level and everything tends to flow top down. You don't get a lot from uh, up down and all these or down up, I don't know what I'm describing anymore, but, <laughs> but, you know, like, so there was that sort of conversation, and for me, it was just like, but, you know, all of that is, you know, it was white men who created these, these yeah. ideas, this culture, this expectation of, like, you know, if you are at the lower levels of the workplace, your opinion might not always matter, I just be quiet and take notes in the meeting. Um, I hate taking notes, by the way. I'm going to just say that. Me too. I, I was a, an admin for quite some time, and that was one okay. of the worst things. I was like, why do I have, A, why do I always have to take notes? This ain't my meeting. Like, <laughs> and isn't, that, isn't that so true? Because it's like, I, especially like if I'm, if I'm doing work for a certain project or a team, okay. I might have to take the notes, but I'm just like, please don't pull me in because you need somebody to take notes because that's just, I'm, I'm be real. That's not the point I, I'm at in life is to take notes, but I still do it. Like to this day, I still take notes for different things. And I, you know, I've mentioned here on, on our channel that, you know, I've recently started a newer job this year. And, you know, when you're trying to almost said infiltrate, <laughs> when you're trying to get uh, acclimated to yeah a new job you know sometimes you just kind of have to do what you know comes your way unless you unless you are one of those big c-suite people who are part of those you know direct decision making which i am in some capacity but i'm not c-suite yet so i do still have to take notes and i do not like it but i digress continue what you were saying no you're good no i think <laughs> it brings up such a good point because i think one of the things that i uh, I'll, I'll talk from the the perspective of, of, of being uh, an administrative, whether you call assistant, executive assistant, mm -hmm. all the, those kind of roles that exist. I think that was when, looking back, is when I probably see most of that white supremacist culture, mm -hmm. uh, when it's become a, a lot more evident as I kind of look back. Because at the moment, it didn't really, it, and again, I never really correlated white supremacy culture with the workplace. I never really thought about it and, and all that until this past year and a half that we've been on this uh, journey on this online platform journey. And, you know, and it was just things of like, you know, people just had this expectation uh of who you are because of the title that you have. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you're an administrative assistant or associate, whatever it, they call you is. So they don't think, they don't value your opinion. They don't think you might have ideas or it is in your place to say something. Your role is to just answer some emails, 
check, you know, make if you're if you're an executive assistant and you're working, you're supporting someone, make sure their calendars is uh, like hard work. It's hard work. It's hard work. It's I have never worked harder than when I was an administrative associate because you're you and then you have to you have to be so just patient and like almost like a mind reader. Especially yeah, mind reader. Yeah. You have to hold your tongue sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it was just I I mean I was fortunate enough for the uh, for about three years I had one of my best bosses ever, and that boss would always listen to me when I complain, <laughs> uh, would always talk through, and I think that's when I realized like, man not everyone's gonna actually like talk through this with me or help me figure out how to navigate a situation um demeaning and not be demeaning and and really be an advocate for you this boss was a person of color so i think that played into it Mm -hmm. uh and and understanding that because i (laughs) remember i remember once they there was this (laughs) other department was like staunch that they wanted me to take the lead on a project and they were using everything in their power to be like you know she's you know it's just that she would be great in it it's just uh critical for her to be a part of it not my department not my boss (laughs) like it was just this whole thing and we they had about three to four meetings about this I was part of some of those meetings so important I was just I mean I was like and and it was and what bothered me now looking back is this this fake idea that if you said all these nice things about me it would make me feel like oh my gosh I should just say yes because it's but but when I look back it was all white people who wanted me on this Mm. project and it was the people of color who were advocating for me to say, hey, this is, you all have staff that can do this. Why like she, do? Especially for a different department. That you know, she's like, she, she has her own things that she has to do. We have things that are, are happening at the exact same time. So we had events that were, do, that were happening at the, at the exact same time. So they're like, and it was just this whole idea that they just, they, couldn't and I I mean I remember my boss went to bat for it for me and and others went from like it's gonna be a no and it was the fact that they couldn't take a person of color saying no to them and that being the end of the conversation that's it it was like no we need to have like two three more meetings about this before they accepted the no and that to me looking back was like white supremacist culture I'm listening wait okay so Pause for a minute, because Lissette and I have been, you know, we've done a little research as always. You know, we do a little research, a little spring. Yes, we always try. We try. And we have this list, uh, and we can uh, maybe link to it. Yeah. Figure out, figure out how to do that around, like, different traits of white supremacy mm-hmm. yes. uh, in the workplace. And this just, like, reminds me of one where it's just, like, I mean, well, a bunch of them. It's, like, a 10, 10 or 9 different lists of different traits in the workplace. And I'm just like, you just hit on so many of these traits. Like, mm. the first one here is like the defensiveness. Yeah. Like, they couldn't just take that you said no. And the fact that they had to have two more meetings to yeah. just confirm, we just want to confirm she said no. 
um, just in case. And then this thing about there's only one way to do something. Yeah. It's not like why do they like? But I think why do they have to come to you? Like they pinpointed you to help them with something and trying to this this this, this whole fake praising you because they just wanted you to do their work. See, I don't I don't like that. And I I've been an admin too, and I I know that admins in general just get t- like I feel like they get so taken take taken advantage of. Yes. Uh, definitely. And, you know, it's one thing that you're supervisor, but then it's like other people in the uh, in the company. I'm like, I don't even work for you. Like, and then you just feel like, because I know I used to feel like when I used to admin, I would feel like, well, I, you know, I got to help them. Um, obviously, they need my help. And so I'm me, silly, super me, trying to find a way, okay. Okay, I might be able to pencil this in. And you stress yourself out for little, a little to no money. Yeah. And fake praises. And when something goes wrong, everybody looking at you. Like, why did you schedule this? Oh, I told you to pick this up. No, you shouldn't tell somebody to do something. You ask someone to do something, even if they do work work for you. Um, and you know, again, this goes back to first of all, the white man, because this is how white men present themselves. <laughs> Um, we all know how I feel about the patriarchy. Yes. So, um, but uh, yeah, I think this, the gist of this story is that, I, is that I did cut you off so you can continue what you were saying. <laughs> no, I think you bring up such, such a good point and, and around sort of this idea of like not being to accept because it wasn't just me saying like, like, hey, I don't think I have the capacity. It was when my supervisor was like it's a no and you know it's a person of color who said no and they didn't even they didn't want to accept that either so then our higher up had to get involved in some of these conversations and then there were some others that were and it was just this when I look back now because at the time I was just like I was just like I can't I can't do it like Mm -hmm. if I could I probably would have done it right you know like it wouldn't have but I was like I can't I can't take this on like I was just and I was just very staunch about it with my supervisor and I was like I can't do it and they went and had the conversation and we're they're like you know it's gonna be a no like it's just there's too many other things on her plate and then to, to know that there was another meeting where others were brought into this and and it just kept being this now I'm telling I'm telling you I'm telling y'all like this, this, I look back and I'm like it's fascinating that they really tried because so many like, times it was all white people who were just having these meetings and just couldn't take no for an answer and like and then I'm looking at this like the department that I was in like it was all people of color the leadership our leadership was people of color so they couldn't even take our leadership, our leaders, to say, like, it's going to be a no. Like, that's it. Like, so it's just, fa- like, right now, y'all, I'm just, like, fascinated telling this story again. <laughs> and just well, looking at the parallels of, like, yes, who were on each side. And you have, you know, white individuals who just couldn't fathom. Like, I don't know what was going through their heads. I'm just, like, they just couldn't fathom. Yeah. That. And they got fixated on you. Like you 
I mean, you're a great person, but it's like they got so fixated on you. And, and, and it was just like, because I, at some point I was like, this just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I know that I'm a, a hard, good worker. Like, I know that I, but I'm like, they have staff, like, they have administrative staff too. Like, that was my thing. Exactly. I was like, y'all have an administrative staff that could do this. I was like, it just doesn't make sense as to, especially when we're actually giving you valid. It's not that we're saying that I just want to do it because I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. We're actually giving you valid like reasons like, hey, there is enough on our plate that adding this is just going to be detrimental to her work-life balance. Like, let's do but it, it was just so fascinating y'all like I, I, I again it was this idea that when because I when when a white person says that's in power says no that's pretty much it nobody's gonna really question it for the mm -hmm. most part like no like my staff isn't gonna do that but when I look back and it was a person of color who said no and it was like, say it was like my boss or anybody bosses. There's this thing that I know I read it somewhere in our research that we do, where like white people have a hard time accepting a no and a definitive no from a person of color. Because it becomes you're questioning this power structure. You're questioning this idea that, hey, this caste system. That's probably why I read it. I read it. In instead in of, instead of just looking at the individual, at the person. Yeah. You're, you're like, no, this, how dare this person of color question, question me or say no to me. Like, don't, like, basically, don't you know your place? Um, whether it's consciously or, sub or unconsciously. And I'll say, even if you did have time on your plate, like, this is my thing, like, why should you take now? Don't eat again. I'm I'm all about helping out at work. Like yes. we all pull our part. I'm happy yeah. to where I can if if I have extra time. But even if you did have extra time and you didn't want to contribute, like they have their own executive assistants. So why would they need you to pull weight for them? And then it's like if you could have just a simple no, like I, you know, that's just not in my scope. That's not in my realm. I'm sorry, but I, I can't help you. And you didn't have to say sorry because when because when white people apologize, when white men apologize, I don't know how many times they're going around saying, I'm sorry. sorry. I apologize. I mean, that's I mean, that's the thing for I think women in general. We always say sorry yeah. a lot. We just do. Um, but I do, I do think that I'm just like shit, even if you had time available, that's your time that you can devote to work to work on the projects and the work that you have to do. Because you never know what's gonna happen. You might have something you have to work on last minute. You just never know how your time's gonna go. And I think to bombard an executive assistant with trying to like almost push them into a corner to get them to do something for you when they're already some somewhat not the highest people in the in the hierarchy of the company and it just like it just furthers to me like creates that gap between leadership and just your everyday worker which is already a problem in like corporate america anyway mm -hmm. um and i think it's also a thing for a lot of junior and middle level associates or workers as well there's like there is a big disconnect and i know you and i've worked together on different stuff where there has been a disconnect yes. between leadership and actually people on the ground who are mm -hmm. doing work 
And I, I, that's, you know, unfortunately, that is a part of white supremacy, too. It's yeah. just, I don't know where the disconnect, I mean, I know it comes from white supremacy, but it's like almost people forget where they started or where mm-hmm. they came from. And like, you know, everybody doesn't come from these well-off families or have these great connections. Yep. Um, and that's no, and that's, and that's no disregard to people who do. I mean, we all use nepotism in some way, but I think for most of us, we have to start entry level at, you know, kind of at the yep. bottom of the barrel. And I think it's already hard enough, especially when you're trying to build yourself up and build a career for yourself and really trying to make a name for yourself, whatever your industry may be. And you have all this just this chatter and people just wanting you to do this and do that. It's really hard. And I think me, I'm kind of getting more out of the junior level, kind of getting more up there. But I think it's something that I'm always so conscious about is yeah. that I treat people how I want to be treated. It sounds very simple. But it's something most people, I think, do not do, especially in in like a lot of workplaces. And I mean, now all of us are seeing all this DEI sessions coming out, brown yeah. bags, presenters, presentations. Like, you know, I I applaud the effort. There's still so much to go before we can really kind of because we still can't have real conversations about this at work. Like, you can't. Yeah, no. If you say white supremacy in a meeting, ooh. Ooh, they were like, wow. They'd be like, okay, we're going to talk after the meeting. Mm-hmm. Why are you gonna... it, it makes me uncomfortable. And so people like, it makes me like, what? but that's something like work kind of, you know, as you said in the beginning of this podcast, like we spend most of our lives working yes. and we spend time with these people sometimes more than we do our families at moments. And, you know, it says something a lot to be able to have a culture where people can openly talk about these sort of things, because I feel like you can't really get to DEI or trying to implement that in your company unless you talk about the good, bad, ugly, and the the indifference. And that goes for all of us, because there are things that I may not know that I should know about someone who is disabled, or, you know, I may, of course, I'm not an expert in, you know, being being an Asian woman. That's the area of growth for me. That's something I'm like working to improve upon. And I am welcome and open to that because I love learning different people, different perspectives. And there's so much that we all need to learn about each other. But I, it's just, I'm really interested to see how this DEI um, push in corporate America is going to continue, you know, because yeah. it really came about because of everything that happened last year and George Floyd, the police yeah. reality. Now we have the Asian American incidents uh, or, you know, basically being terrorized in their own country. Um, and so I am interested to see how this is going to pan out as this continues to be a topic of discussions. I know almost every week where, where I am at work, there's a presentation about, you know, allyship, racism, and meditation. That was interesting. That was a really good one. <laughs> but it, yeah. it, it's, um, I am, I'm very, I'm very fascinated uh, as to where this is going to go where, and like where we end up. Yeah, no, I think I, um, I was reading something. Uh, it was very much, it was an organization. I don't know if it was a school or something. They had, they had posted online their process into this whole um, cause they say like white supremacy in our workplace. Like that, I think that was the title of the, the article or the thing I was reading. 
Um, and one of the leaders that is, she's a white, I think she's a white woman, mm-hmm. was talking about like how they had championed this DEI in the workplace and like had done things for like two years, uh, but nothing happened, like nothing changed. And um, and they're like, it wasn't until they took, uh, she said something about like an equity pause, like some like, it was like an organization equity, equity pause. And I don't like, I don't, okay. I, did, I didn't get a chance to read much to what that meant, but um, I think I'd share with you that she had posted some of the things that she wanted to do as personal commitments to this process during that that pause and, and then she wrote about like how you know she wanted to recognize feelings of defensiveness you know uh and make sure that they focused on she focused on like her actual impact and not defending her intent which a lot of people you know especially when when a a white individual is confronted or said like hey like that what you said wasn't right or whatever and they're like well it wasn't my intent I was like however like it doesn't matter the impact that you had matters more than your intention yes just you know learn about it and uh and it was just so interesting to start reading that and looking at like how this leader because I think she's I want to say she's like high up there like she might be in the c-suite level maybe I don't I, I don't think I ever saw her title but she you know she was just sharing like she had to reflect on how she showed up as a leader, as like a partner, a colleague in a workplace. And it's like, it really does take individuals to really dig deep and, and take it seriously. And I think we were, sadly, we're in a society that not everyone cares about this. Yeah, right? we have people who don't even be like, why supremacy? Like, that's not... Yeah. The, like that doesn't like well I don't I don't operate this and I, I know it's something that I always say we all operate under this white supremacist culture wherever we're at workplace our everyday lives are are um even like relationships and like all these things that like we all operate because these things have just been around us you know it's it's like in the air that we breathe <laughs> we are conditioned to this yes. we don't know any other way of life like this for most of us here in, in in the states like we don't and i mean hell i would say abroad too because i think white supremacy is, is like across across the world yeah. it may be called differently it may be implemented differently but it's definitely that as you mentioned there's a caste system Mm-hmm. pretty much everywhere you go there's a caste system um you know which gets into a deeper issue but I think it, it is this caste system that I, I don't know if Americans are fully even acknowledged like we live in a caste system so. I don't I think re- yeah yeah I remember a lot of people uh because this was sort of a, a book club um that, that I did with the caste book a lot of people were like, I, I never thought about this. And even me, like, I kind of, once it put a name to it, I was like, yes, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. wasn't that I wasn't aware that it existed. I just didn't put it into a, into calling it a caste system. Right. To me, it was just, I was always saying it's a hierarchy, but it's the same thing, caste, hierarchy. Same thing. Same thing. Same thing. Like, same you know. mm-hmm. but, but it definitely, I was like, yeah. and then when, I started looking at, you know, more of the workplace. I was like, you know, 
I remember there was a time where people were like, well, you don't want, like, don't set up meetings with so-and-so because, you know, oh, they're okay. not, you know, you, you shouldn't be talking to them or, you know, it is in your place. Like, and I'm like, well, why can't I, if I want to talk to the CEO of wherever, I should be allowed to email them and set up a meeting. Right. Like, why do I have, like, and it was like, you know, it's just, and this whole idea that, again, it goes to this casting, like, because you are at this level, you shouldn't be talking to people at this level. It is until you get to a certain level, you know, where you're like, okay, you may, now you can find mentors. Now you can find, like, so you have to almost make it in a way. Yeah. And then you can, you know, whatever make it mean, but our death, whatever, you make it. And then it's like, oh, now you can talk to the chief financial officer or the or whatever. And like, well, when I needed to talk to them, I mean, I can still talk to them now. But yeah. it's like, okay. I, I, I've noticed that too. I've worked in companies that have been that way where it's like, oh, it's so hard to get on their calendar, you know, like, so don't really you know, don't like bother them. And me being an admin, which it may sound familiar to you too, but like you are kind of the gatekeeper of your person's yeah. calendar. Yeah. And so, you know, and I even, again, like operating in white supremacy myself, when I was the admin, I would be like, okay, like, no, she can't see you for another month. And knowing that my supervisor had openings, <laughs> like, but like those are openings to reserve for like special people right like, important people important people last minute things yeah but you couldn't really say that i mean people probably knew something they knew yeah but like you couldn't really be like i'm sorry like it's gonna be three weeks before i can get you in mm -hmm. and it's that that's i don't like i get people are busy we all are busy i'm i'm but i am gonna talk about that busy culture in a minute too but for not having like a simple maybe 10 15 minutes of your day to talk to somebody, especially like I think, it, it, as I'm saying, a lot of entry level people, junior level, uh, even the medium level, kind of middle level. I mean, that really can affect somebody's like affect how they feel about the company or about their opportunities yeah. at the companies. Like, what is that? You know, what does promotion even look like? Is that even opportunity? Is this a place I even want to be? Because it's like, well, I can't even. I, I was told I I can't talk to this person. What type of shit is that? Like I I I I have worked in those companies. I just I don't like that. It really irks my nerve. And I haven't said irked in probably a few months. It really irks me. Um, and just makes me think about some incidents that I won't get into on here. But I will say, transitioning a little bit. Yeah, go for it. About um this whole grind culture that we have mm, in America. Yeah. I'm not for it. I'm not for it, honey. Mm -hmm. I, and like, I get it. Again, we all want to work hard. Uh, yeah, I'm going to work hard from 9 to 5. Sometime 9 to 5.30. Maybe 8.35. Maybe 8.35.30. Yes, that's reasonable. But, you know, it is, it's almost like this unspoken rule or unspoken thing. It's like, well, you know, we have to finish this up. So, okay. Yeah. I'll finish. I can get it. The I can get it tomorrow. Like, yeah. And it's literally, and, and it's not like this person is pressuring me to do it, but it's almost because they're going to be doing it. So you might feel like, yeah. I mean, 
but she said she gonna work on it tonight. Maybe I should work on it tonight too. And I'm not gonna say I haven't. I think we all probably have worked yeah. overtime. We've worked late hours or early mornings, whatever. But it shouldn't be a thing. And the thing for me, it shouldn't be something that is used to elevate someone's career or promote them in the company. Yeah. And I just feel because of white supremacy, it is. There's this mm-hmm. thing that you have to work so hard. And I mean, I've said it and I probably said it again, when you die, nobody's going to talk about how great of a VP you were. Yeah. And this is the place where you spent most of your life. Is it working? Nobody's going to talk about that. Like they're just not. And yet we grind. All of us grind so hard. Yeah, Sometimes awesome. like we just see because, oh, we got this. I got to get this done. That shit's going to be there in the morning. It's going to be there tonight. whenever you go back to it. It's still going to be there. And, you know, we all got to work against deadlines and due dates and stuff. But I am not a proponent of people working after hours or working weekends because that is your time. And I think we could learn something from our friends abroad in different countries who really value, well, actually, you know, value work culture and really this idea that you're more than just your job title. America's, you know, it's that whole bullshit, pull you up by your bootstraps type of stuff. Oh my God. I just hate it. And I'm just, and that translates over into a lot of things, but particularly in the workplace where it's like, it's got to work, you know, because we're all trying to work for a promotion or get that extra money or extra vacation time, whatever the incentive is. Yeah. And to me, I'm just like, I just think it's so shitty that a lot of people are judged because they want to work within their hours. <laughs> like, you come to work, you manage your time the best you can, yep. prioritize the best you can, and you go home. And I come back the next day. You know? And I just like, to me, just just really, I'm just not for the grind. Yep. I mean, I know I have to grind sometimes, but I'm just not for it. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's no, I... <laughs> So many things have come to I my know, mind. I know, I said a lot. I said a lot. I did. So many things. I'm, I'm trying to figure out where do I start. I know. It's like, because I just... My poor little introverted brain is like... It's like, oh, Martina, oh, my God. Processing everything. 15 things. No, but I think the, I'm with you when it comes to this whole idea of, like, really working yourself to death. Like, I, I remember early on in my career, like, I was like, I gotta do this, I gotta get this done, and whatever, I gotta just put in the hours, or, like, Mm -hmm. all these things, and now I'm, like, this makes zero sense to me, like, this nine-to-five idea just doesn't, it it does not compute in my mind, because I'm, like, look, if I am getting my work done, and if I can get it done within three to four hours, why do I have to like stay on? <laughs> and and do we're like why can't we have more flexibility? And I and you made me think of like this whole conversation right now of like, oh, you know, we can't find workers. People are making more on unemployment than they are. Mm-hmm. So we gave it. And I'm like, and I was having this conversation uh actually with my sister, and I was like, you know what? I don't think it's the fact that people don't want to work, is that people want flexibility. Mm-hmm. People want to be able to say like, hey, I can't come into work today, not because I don't want to, but because, you know, I actually have to take my kids to the doctor and hourly work, especially hourly workers have zero flexibility to do that. 
Sometimes like, they barely have benefits. Yeah, and I'm like, people, like, I honestly don't think that people make more on unemployment or that's why people aren't getting jobs. I yeah. think it's because people are looking for opportunities that are, that are going to fit with their schedule, that are going to fit with their lifestyle. So, exactly. And I'm like, and I'm like, I don't blame them because we've just spent a whole year going through this pandemic. We're still in the pandemic, but a lot of people have figured out like, you know what? I need flexibility in my life. Yes. Yes. I need, I need a job that's going to allow me to be the best person I can be, the best mom that I can be, the best daughter I can be like all these things that make life like, you know, and a lot of jobs don't allow that. They want you to come in work nine to five stay overtime you know don't you can't get a day off because nobody's there to cover your shift and like all these things and it's like and I think that's I think the standard has changed or people are looking for the standard this American standard to change it needs to you know and I'm like you know what that's so true because I'd be hard-pressed if I didn't have flexibility I'd be hard pressed to stay at a, at a, at a job mm-hmm. if I didn't, if you didn't allow me to like hey I have to go to the doctor and and it, the only time they have available is at eleven a.m. That's it. That's and it. I, I, can't, I if I can't work around that. Then I'm like, then really, what's the point of living? Like honestly, like I mean, but I mean, you now you bring up a good point because I think if anything, like you said, COVID uh, has shown us and continues to show us that we don't need to be, you know, out here in these um, 50 floor buildings <laughs> commuting every day. Now, don't get me wrong, some people have to do that because that's the job that they have. But even then, I think we are, people are getting creative and just, you know, if anything, this pandemic is making folks realize that, yeah, nobody's going to talk about me being a great director in 60 years. Like, yeah. I'm, I really want to, you know, focus on myself. Like, yes, I need an income. I need to work. But I, you know, I, I want to focus more on my family. I want to focus more on the social life. And, I, and that's the thing here in America. It's not quite instilled. Like, it's not really a part of this culture. It's and the I, other way around. It's the other way around. And they have, they always want to call people lazy or like, you don't want to work. Okay, yes. yes, we got some lazy folks. That's true. And, you know, but the majority of people know they have to work because you have bills to pay. You have a family to support or, or just supporting yourself. And... I just really think this last year, it's, it's really been a wake-up call where people was like, yes, money's important, but more about these benefits and, like, having that flexibility. Yes. You know, I know a lot of us or probably, you know, a number of people in the country are may, may start returning to work. And, mm-hmm. but a, you know, a lot of people are trying to, like, hey, you know, I've been able to get a lot of work done working from home and also been able to, like, you know, just be around my family. You know, I can... <laughs> wash my dishes, do my laundry, you know, go to the doctor, like having that flexibility and still getting your job done. I think companies, again, they're focused so much on the bottom line, which the bottom line is often money. That's, that's yeah. the driver. Um, that's, the driver. that's why we in this predicament. Um, but it is the money that drives these things. And I'm like, what does it take away from people having more flexibility in their, in their work life? Yeah. If they're, if they're, meeting their deliverables they're you know they are getting things done you know i'm just like why is this you know why is it so hard to believe that people can get work done 
when they have more flexibility or when people, yeah, when people have more control over their work life, because that's what it is. A lot of us, we don't have control. control, We don't have control. And just, you know, hearing you talking about the dynamics of the leadership and being just an everyday worker, it is about a lot of times about control and you want to control someone else and tell them what to do, which again, comes back to white supremacy. Yes. But it's like, you're trying to control like something you shouldn't be controlling. The person's doing their work. You know, yeah. they're, they are showing up every day. Maybe they're showing up at 10 instead of 8.30. I don't know, but they're getting, they're getting the work done. And so I just, I just, I'm, I'm with you. I, I hope the tide is starting to change. I hope so. And companies are seeing that, yeah, you can work from home three days a week, you know, once people return to the office, whatever. Yeah, it's cool. I, or people may work from home just indefinitely. Yeah, like the idea, because I think it, one of I think one of the the pillars or things of white supremacist culture, you know, addresses power. Um, yes, and I think this idea that you know people get into this positions of power and and want to have control and want to know what's happening within their teams or wherever or whoever you're 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 managing. Um, and if, in the sense of like, if you don't see them, then they're not working. Yeah, I'm working. Mm-hmm. You know, especially in sort of more corporate America. Yeah. You know, you know, sense like those that you know that have a lot of like office jobs. Like, you know, it's like if I don't see you, you're not working. And it's oh. like, wow. I'm like that's a that's a I'm like that's not true. I was like, and if this pandemic year hasn't shown that, like you mentioned, people can do their jobs without someone breathing down their neck or someone sort of like seeing or having people judge you what time you get into the office oh my god yes you know, how like, you stand oh you left you... 10 minutes early oh you left oh my gosh you didn't you didn't do your eight and a half hours right like, what do you what did you i might be going home and still work like right and it's like so it's this idea of like just power like this this like unfortunate idea that of like power being so important because you need to just see this person or you need to like have i don't know like dominion dominion oh my god we we read each other i was thinking dominion (laughs) over human beings yes that's what i was thinking this is what this is it's just a way to dominate someone else or group of people Mm Because I'm like, if you need to see your team or to have all these sort of check-ins, I'm one, I do not like being micromanaged, not saying I have not been, but I've had, most of my supervisors have not been micromanagers, which I appreciate. Give me an assignment. I know the project I'm working on. I'll check in with you. Boom. Don't keep like, because if you have to keep checking in, my thing is, why did you even hire this person? Because Mm. when you hire someone, I know trust comes over time, but there was something about me or that person that stood out to you. You were like, I want this person at this company. So why do you feel the need to like, like where, again, where's that disconnect? <laughs> you feel the need to dominate somebody and not trust them, especially yeah. when you, especially when either they report to you or they're a team member. I mean, don't get me started on somebody who doesn't even know you and they just in your business. <laughs> Cause that happens too. But I just think there's, you know, there has to be some trust there. Because if you're not, I mean, that's not like a personal problem for them. If you don't trust your team, I don't know what to tell you. 
because you're the one who hired them. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and I think um, yeah, this whole idea of like dominion over others, completely white supremacy culture. Absolutely. Like, I mean, just look at history, and slavery was all about control of others. Right. You just talked yeah. about the policing and how yeah. they put it off with slavery. It was. It, it is just this whole, and that is that is the culture, and it just permeates everything yes like no let's you know women's right is all about having dominion over women <laughs> and it's like oh, white supremacist culture these patriarchal white supremacist culture which at one point we'll have an episode about this y'all mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you know and i think it just permeate again it to me these conversations that, it, that i'm hearing about like oh people don't just are making more on unemployment this is why they don't want to come into work or want to or, or apply for these you know fast food places like i think fast food places are like nobody wants to work i was like because y'all have no flexibility y'all have no respect for people no respect they don't have like, respect for the people that work there it, yeah I was like, and, I'm, and you know what some of these people that i see going into these restaurants into these places why would i want to be treated like trash because people think that they have a right to treat me like trash because I'm a server. But it's like, again, white supremacist culture. Because of that caste system and this hierarchy. Oh, girl, we're so smart. We're so smart. (laughs) We're so smart. No, but it really, I mean, it, it really is because you've been ingrained that you know, because someone is serving you, they have to treat you a certain way. They have to take whatever you give them. And if they fight back or they are sassy with you or they you know talk back to you lord oh how many videos we see when a, a server someone is just has had it and just goes off on someone and then they're like we talked to the manager we need like all these things and it's like because you treated them like crap like in that like i always put myself in that place of like if someone talked to me that way I, I I still don't know what I would like. I'm like, how would I react? My little introverted self might get so mad that I'll start crying because. And that is the thing I will say. You know, us women and introverts, we will revert in and we will start crying. Yes, that is the, that's just the, that's a trait. That's just how it is. We but just, I'm mad. I'm not crying because you made me cry. I'm, I'm yeah, not crying because you're so mad. I'm pissed off and I want to probably punch you in the face. But I, I am a person of color and I'm going to jail if I do that. So I'm not punching in your face. All I can do is cry. Yes. Yes. That's, I get it. I get it. But you know, but I, and it's, and I think the workplace, particularly when you look at like the restaurant industry and like fast food places and and just the people that are more hourly. Yes. You know, it is that idea of like, you just have to take whatever we give you and be okay with it mm-hmm. and it's like no like why can't people demand more and say like hey we i'm like nobody a nobody's asking people why they're not going back to work yeah, we're, just making, <laughs> we're just making this assumption nobody. that like oh it's because they make more in unemployment and it's like that's so true nobody's I'm like anything. how about you ask people why they're not going back or why they're not applying for McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Why aren't, you know, why isn't the younger generations that are like, you know, work don't want to work at a fast food because they don't want to be treated like, like nothing because social media has shown us 
how well, people act, mm-hmm. how people act. And I'm like, I wouldn't want any 16 year old working somewhere where they're going to be thrown a drink, spat on, yelled at or something like, because yeah. they ran out of something. <laughs> and it's always the dumbest things. It's always yeah. the, you they ran out of something. Yes. Hold up. You put that on ketchup. You didn't. You didn't. Did you not realize? It all. Oh, it is. It's always some stupid. It's not like somebody stole money or it's like mm-hmm. serious offense. It's stupid stuff. People get mad about. You left my French fries out. Okay, it was a mistake. They can put the French fries back in. It's yeah, my fries are cold. Okay. Okay. Well, you, but it's just, it, again, it just goes back to this idea that we've been socialized to think that if a person works in a certain position or a certain level that that they need that you can treat them a certain way or that they should be treating you a certain way mm-hmm. like this idea and you know and and this idea that respect is earned I, i've been thinking about this for for a minute about respect being earned <laughs> i'm always like because I grew up, like, you know, you just have to respect your elders, whoever they may be. You, it doesn't matter if they earned it or not. Like, and I'm like, you should just respect people because they're people. Yeah. Like, trust is earned. It is. To earn my trust. But as far as respect, I should just respect you until you give me reason not to. Not, not to. Exactly. I mean, and that's just my little opinion over here. I don't know if it has anything to do with white supremacy. It probably does. Probably get connected yeah. back. But yeah. I'm like, I honestly think, because it's like, I'm like, no, I don't care if you're a C-suite. I don't care if you're Bill Gates. You better respect me and I mean, show me about, respect. It's about common courtesy. It's yeah. just being, I mean, again, cliche, but treat people how you want to be treated. And that's just always been my thing like if you treat somebody shitty well don't get mad if they treat you shitty back like it's just treat people with just common decency that's the thing to me that's not that's not asking for much just you know like just treating people with common decency and it's just like i have mad respect for people in the service industry and you know and i think you know again with covid we all we learn who is essential and who is not and it's amazing how people in the service industry, in restaurants, even things via, you know, a lot of it is bottom line and, and money, oh, but yeah. they kept going. Like, here, well, at, least, at least here in Chicago. Now, I have family down in the South, as people who've listened and watched us know, my mom is still in Mississippi. Yep. I don't think they had as much as that. Like, you could get some stuff delivered, but of course, you know, mm-hmm. we're in Chicago, so you can, pretty girl, you can pretty much get anything 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 and that never stopped it did not never stopped even in this people were losing their lives left and right and these people still out here delivering your food or delivering your groceries delivering your packages it never stopped and that says something and that really says something i don't know if there's been an acknowledgement from government or whomever the powers that be about that because their people really you know of course you know they have to support themselves so they couldn't you know they probably couldn't just quit like i'm quitting um and they had to keep going because they got to put food on the table they they got bills to pay too but i admire that so much 
Yeah. It never stopped here. People just, you know, other than being I mean, inside, it never stopped. They never, I'm like DoorDash drivers, Uber Eats, drivers, like all these individuals who, who were out here. I mean, I used it. Thank you. I'm that that brought me because there were times where I needed people to bring my groceries, you know, or like you know, and then and, and people brought it and they, you know, and, and were in the cold and everything in the rain and all these things in the snow and in the protests, in the protests <laughs> and everything that kind of and and like you said, it did not skip a beat. Mm-hmm. At least here in Chicago, it it really didn't. Like people were out here and are continue to be out here, yeah. you know, you know, servicing others. And, you know, and I think I read somewhere where like Uber drivers are seeing less because what happened? People started treating them like trash because they thought that they had to. Like that's not your chauffeur, way. bitch. That's no, it's not. And it's like, no, like if y'all ever deliver to my, I'm all, I tip well because you are saving me to move, get in my car go somewhere i'm like you y'all save me yeah having to go pick up food and mm-hmm. all these like am i i will tip well because i just know that you all are out here dealing with traffic dealing with like crazy drivers mm-hmm. having to deal with wait lines when you pick things up and it's like no i appreciate people in the service and people that are you know if i order something to go pick up but i don't i try to be really nice to people when i have to go pick things up because i'm like you're 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 literally you have risked your lives just serving us yeah so 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 we can get food and didn't have to leave our homes yeah you know or like you know and you're out here serving people because you know at some point you know i don't i don't know if I, I know restaurants closed down and they opened up and there was always some capacity that people can work in and people were coming in. I was like, you were seeing a lot more people than I was because when I would go in, I have a mask on, pick up, out I go. Y'all are just in here breathing the same air and expo- you know, exposing yourself because you're going to have to eat at some point. You're going to take off your mask. Like all these things. And it's like, again, because we we operate under this white supremacist culture, and in these ideas, people just felt that they could treat, you know, people in the service industry like nothing. Like they, yep, like yep. they had to serve you. Like they had to treat you a certain way. And and the minute that facade leaves them, because we're all humans, like mm-hmm. we all get fed up. We all, you know, get frustrated. Of course, you know, you're gonna cross somebody because you're gonna say something stupid to someone who's who's heard a million and one stupid things all day and you're the you know million and two person to say something and that's it like i don't i don't understand you're done like i I don't but yes oh that was so good that was oh my goodness that was like because i i don't you know i just feel we gotta have that shout out and i think it takes everybody to to function in the world we need it everybody sure does it really it, does it really does and you know you you if you got a college degree great if you don't great like hell we got billionaires who never went to school you know it's just like it's all about the opportunities that people have and sometimes people may not have the best of opportunities but they make it work yeah and i i think 
you know, that's one thing I think particularly about minorities, you know, we get a rap for like, like I said, being lazy, yeah. work or why you come taking this job. Well, I don't think you're going to fit in here. And like, Oof. people don't talk enough about like how hard minorities people work here, especially people who have immigrated to this country. Yes. Um, they grind really hard because some of them have family back home or they have their family here they're trying to support. Like people do what they have to do. And it may not be the most glamorous job in your mind, but for yep. them putting food on the table, paying their bills and getting them from day to day. And I just really, yeah, I really got to give a shout out to just everybody just really, yep. like you said, they just never missed a beat. Never it missed didn't. a beat. I mean, you, you, you brought up migrant workers. I think about the farm, the, the farm oh, workers. Yes, the farm workers. The people that were, were making sure we still had our produce. Exactly. Exactly. If y'all ever have ever seen videos of people picking our strawberries and, and, and our, our produce, I just can't imagine doing that day after day. People that are older, like these are long periods of time and long day. periods of time. I mean, I, I you see like these these who we would consider senior citizens mm -hmm. doing this work and and we have the audacity to think that they're less than us because of this white supremacist culture that we we live in and operate in. I was like, no, nah, y'all, like, I, I couldn't do it. Like, I, I am honest. Like, I could not do that backbreaking work. I, I'd quit. I don't, because I'm like, I, I can't even, I mean, I get sun rashes. Just standing outside for five minutes. I know you don't. Yeah, you don't do the sun. Not really. But I'm like, but I, I'm like, but I think I, you know, I've shared that my parents uh, migrated to this country, and and the work that they did, and I hear the stories. I'm like, I, I could not. Like back breaking work. Like okay. I, I, I'd help. I, there were a few times. There was like a year or two where I was helping my mom out, and. And I, I, I never, I couldn't, to this day, I just, like, I'm at all at all women who clean houses and buildings and, and still go home and take care of their families and their households. Because I'm, if y'all know me, cleaning households and cooking, it's a, it's a struggle there. for me, y'all. You're going to get there. I'm I'll get there one day. One day. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, and it, and it just makes me think of, like, how... We've been socialized to think that individuals who do a certain type of work are just not worth a lot. And it's because, like I, I'm going to continue saying it, we operate in this white supremacist culture that says, no, like, here's where we're at. Like, white people, certain white people are up here. And then another type of white people are at, the, at that next level. And then you just continue putting these like other colors and other people and industries and like all these things. It's like, yep. and it's like, man, it's so screwed up. Like, yep. and it's amazing how much, um, I'll say white people, they say like they value education and everyone deserves this and that. But what are you doing? to make sure that everyone is getting educated because like you know if you're if you want to talk shit about people being migrant farmers and what are you doing to help like and you know i know a lot of times like this is stuff people have done in their family like grandfather was a migrant worker or they must like was like a migrant worker so i'm gonna be a migrant worker or a farmer as well and it's like 
in many ways that is tradition. I'm not saying it's necessarily wrong, but it's like, what is like, if you want to criticize so much, how are you willing to help? Like, if you like, oh, well, I don't do this and that, what, what are you doing to make a difference in somebody's life? Like, are you, I mean, they are here putting food on your table so you can eat steak or fruit or, you know, have like the best produce, the best meat, whatever. Um, it, it, like I said, it takes everybody for this world to function. And yeah. somewhere, like I said, somewhere along the line, people is just people who once started in those positions and started like that, they even lose their way. And, and it's not everybody, but you know, it is people say some, you know, sometimes you get a little money and you think you're better than everybody. Yeah. Um, but not necessarily, but I think some people do. They do feel like they literally forget where they come from. Yeah. yeah, no, and 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 then to a point where you have this mentality that any of that kind of work is beneath you. Yes. Like, you know, Lord forbid I lose everything and mm-hmm. and have to I'm like, it's not beneath me. Like I would, I will. Yeah. If that yeah. is if that is the options I have, I'm gonna be out there. I'll be picking y'all strawberries. Y'all, you know, like people say, like oh, McDonald's is beneath me. It ain't beneath me if I if I need coins. Yeah, you got because you still you can lose a job, quit your job, whatever it may be, but the bills do not stop. They don't they, stop. The bills didn't stop during COVID. No, <laughs> the bills are still coming. Like still. Yeah. They're trying yep. to talk about doing this for housing and helping like uh, landlords and renters and small businesses. Yes, there's probably help, but we know it's not enough help for everybody. No. Only a certain amount of people are going to get it. It's always probably the same people who they get it. And so I'm just like, okay, well, you tried. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is... You have to hear, but this was good. Though. I think this is this is as far as we're gonna get on this episode. It's not gonna be the last episode, particularly on the workplace. I think there's a, a lot of things that we didn't get to unpack. Uh, as we were, we were talking, I, I wrote some things down here. Uh, as, I didn't even notice you writing. That was smooth. I, I was just like, it's very. I'm over here with my little notebook, it's a little post-it. <laughs> over here. It's probably scribbles. So hopefully, I can read it. <laughs> But, you know, I think there's just so much to talk uh, through when it comes to white supremacist culture in general. Mm -hmm. Uh, But just a lot of things that I think even through our conversation today, Martina, I felt that we uncovered or sort of just scratched the surface uh, that maybe I didn't even think about before. Um, Like, again, I was just talking. You know, and and, and when I listen back to this, I'm sure more things are going to uh, are gonna pop up as as we listen and, and understand this but um i'll just say like some final words and i'll kick it off to martina that kind of closes out but um i you know I, I definitely think there's a lot to be said about sort of the caste system the hierarchy the, the way that white supremacist culture kind of invades a lot of a, a lot of spaces uh and obviously we're focusing on the workplace and i think there's a lot to be done there uh especially when you're a person of color that operates in in this uh in the workplace Uh, i think especially in corporate america uh it's not always as maybe out there to see 
Uh, I think we'll, we'll, we'll get a chance, I think, to hopefully explore a little bit more when it comes to microaggressions in, in the workplace and how that even, uh, as two women of color, how that's even impacted. I think there's a few uh, stories and incidents that I think we'll, we'll be able to share on this. Uh, but yeah, I think that's where I'll, I'll kind of leave it off and I'll kick it off to Martina to, to close, close it out. You know, I agree, Lisette. Like, you know, in the beginning, you know, always, you know, don't get us wrong. We actually plan what we're going to talk yes. about. So, you know, so even, you know, even though this is a conversation between two friends, but today I do, I, you know, I, I concur with what you said, just, I tapped into some things that I had thought about and mm -hmm. it really, you know, really got me thinking and like, wow, there's just so much um, within the workplace and within, especially corporate America. And I think, and you know, I, I won't say that, especially corporate America. I think depending on where you are and in your industry, there's bullshit all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and just some industries are put on a higher standard than others. Um, but I do, yeah, I think this was really kind of the beginning episode or kind of, you know, I think we're definitely going to touch back on like it, uh, microaggressions and things that Lisette just named off because it's really just like, I just really was like, wow, like I had not thought about that, especially like everything just with COVID related, like you do think about it, but then you just, you know, you go on about your daily life. But yeah, I think definitely um, would love to hear any feedback or any comments on maybe people's personal experience with this. Like you don't have to, of course, give your name or, you know, where you work. That's all. I know that's very personal information, but if people have had experience with this as well as I'm, I'm sure a lot of us have. Um, you know, be great to hear those stories or, you know, give us a, a thumbs up. Um, I think we can do that. I sound so old. I think we can do that on Spotify and iTunes. I have iTunes. I'm not going to lie. I got iTunes. Um, so, you know, you know, like us. If you don't like us, let us know and maybe we talk about it. I don't know. Um, but I will say until next time, thank you all for listening and hope you have a great, uh, it is now evening time where we are. So have a great evening. So we're signing off. Talk to you guys later. Bye everyone. Bye.